This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time. time. It's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome back to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus, uh, the man who, who genuinely uh, took down the Cowboys in the early 2000s, even as he he worked there, because he set up the Eagles for life uh, with, with a, a good head coach and, and a great draft in 1998. Uh, and we're joined by by one of Brian's longstanding friends in, in the media and and one of our, our great rivals here at Odyssey and in, in the podcast competition uh, because they're the ones ahead of us in, in the podcast numbers. It's just one podcast and it's Go Birds. And so we're joined by the host yeah. of Go Birds, Elliot Shore Parks, who is also the Eagles reporter for the legendary WIP in Philadelphia. Uh, you can follow Elliot on Twitter at Elliot Shore Parks. Elliot, how's it going, man? You know, a lot of uh, the GoBirds listeners said I shouldn't join the number two pod in the company, but for Brian and for you, I am uh, I am happy to do it uh, to talk about the game this weekend. I mean, that that makes sense. You you don't want to necessarily join the number two pod. I mean, I'm sure the Cowboys don't want to have to travel to Philadelphia and beat a team by 20 for the fourth <laughs> time in a row. Um, that that's that's yeah, a lot yeah. on on the Cowboys' shoulders too. But we all make sacrifices, Elliot. Uh, I, I'm gonna ask you first yeah. question out of the gate. I know there's a lot of injuries on that offensive line right now Jordan Mailata with the shoulder everybody on the interior of the offensive line is dealing with an ankle right now uh are are, are we looking at some guys who are going to be banged up but ultimately play on Sunday or, or do you think some of these statuses are in question so I'll, I'll answer that in two ways and the first the first way I'll give you the the injury report Jordan Mailata did practice on Wednesday he was out there with the starters he was limited but he did line up with the starters at the beginning of practice which is always a really good indication of what the team thinks is going to happen so I do believe they'll have all five of their starters for Sunday night but the second part of that is does it really matter like when you look at this Eagles offensive line and you look at Jeff Stoutland they are constantly moving guys in and out last week they had the whole left side of their offensive line missing you know they they last season had a ton of injuries and they always play well they're always one of the best offensive lines in the league so there's no question that Dallas has talent on that defensive line for sure but I've been covering this team since Stoutland got here and I've never seen like a single player come in and wreck the Eagles offensive game plan. So yes, my lot of probably will be back, but ultimately no matter who lines up there, I think the Eagles have a lot of confidence that they'll be able to protect Jalen hurts. When you talk about that, Elliot, you know, with the, with the offense and the offensive line coach, Jeff Sutton, he's done a great job. I mean, absolutely. I, I think, you know, he was one of those guys that they got to stay right from the previous regime yeah. and all that. They thought he was super important to what the Eagles were doing. The, the strength of them obviously is that offensive line, but they made a commitment with Jalen Hurts halfway through last season to run the ball more. And is was that the real turning point to where the success for the Eagles were from last year to what we have right now, the version currently? 
Yeah, it, it's funny. This time last year, people were throwing flowers at Sirianni when he walked off the field because they were so mad at him about that quote of saying, you know, we're, the roots are growing and, and people were, were mad. They, they, he compared the team to a flower. And in Philly, that did not go over well. And, you know, it was Sirianni was on the hot seat to a certain extent. I don't know if they really would have fired him, but certainly in the public eye, people were very frustrated with the team and Sirianni. And now you look at where they're at now, and Sirianni is a favorite for the coach of the year. And you're right. I think that did really kind of transition. That transition happened when they started to run the ball. And I think it, it worked for a couple reasons. A, Jalen was not a good passer last year. His accuracy was not good. His ball placement wasn't good. His decision-making wasn't good. He just wasn't there as an NFL passer yet. And so they had to run the ball. And I know in today's NFL, and I know especially with uh, Jeffrey Lurie, that is not how teams want to win, and that is not how Lurie wants to win. There was no chance, especially after paying A.J. Brown all that money, they were going to come in and be a run-first team this year. Now, they can do it if they need to, and Jalen's legs are certainly a part of it. But I think the transition last year to the running game, it helped get the team going and show that they could win under Sirianni. But ultimately this year, I think, is they're showing how they want to win and how they think they can win long-term, and that's by throwing the ball. Elliot, you uh, you tweeted out something earlier that uh, yesterday that I thought was really interesting. Uh, you, you were saying that if the Cowboys were to beat the Eagles, that would be a red flag for you. And anybody that follows you on Twitter know that you do a great job of covering this team. You have an idea of the pulse of the team, the city and all that. Why did you yeah. say it would be a red flag if they were to if the Eagles were to lose this game? Because so I think in Philly, but also nationally, the, the the debate has been, are the Eagles one of the best teams in the NFL? Are they the best team in the conference? If they lose this game on Sunday, they might not even be the, ne- the best team in the division. Right. So like when you talk about where expectations are at to where they could be with a loss, I think this would be the first loss where you could look and go. Okay, maybe they're not as good as we think. If they lose to the Cardinals this past week, you know, if they make the field goal at the end of the game, they win in overtime. It is what it is. You're four and one. Losses happen on the NFL calendar. I don't think the Cardinals are very good and they're going anywhere. If you lose to the Cowboys, you're in second place in the division. Potentially, if the Giants go in and beat Baltimore, you at that point have an argument for being the third team in the division, right? And I think that the Eagles, after a really hot start in those first three games, They haven't been as good the last two weeks. The offense has slowed down a little bit for sure. The defense, I think, is still playing at a pretty high level. But the tackling wasn't great last week. So if Dallas comes in on Sunday night and beats the Eagles, it's concerning in a couple ways. A, because of what it means for the division. But B, this is a Dallas team that's beat the Eagles in every important game for like three years, right? Like my pod's the only thing that's winning over Dallas right now. That's it, right? Outside of that, like Dallas is a Dallas has owned Philadelphia, right? And I know Eagles fans will, will hate to hear that, but ultimately it's the truth. So if the Eagles can't beat Dallas, you look and you go, all right, maybe they're not going to win the division because if Dallas has their number, they're probably going to lose Christmas Eve. And if you don't win the division, the best you're going to be is fifth in the playoff seating. So I think this, if a loss on Sunday would really mean like, okay, maybe you have to reevaluate where this team is at. If the Eagles lose this game, if they drop this game on Sunday night, let's talk like, like if that's a scenario that does play out, the one that you were just talking about there, what do you think you guys are talking about the next morning as to, man, this happened and this is why they dropped this game. In other words, What's yeah. the likeliest area that if Dallas comes out of this game, it's because Philly struggled in, in what area? Yeah. So I'll say this, not to spoil anything at the end, but I don't think they're going to lose the game. I do think sure. the Eagles will win. And but, but I'll say this. 
if they do lose, it's going to be a long two weeks because the Eagles have the bye week after that. And it's going to be a long two weeks in Philly. I'm sure Brian knows like it, it can, it can be rough here when the Eagles lose, especially the Cowboys and especially when they don't play for two weeks. So if they do lose on Sunday night, my guess it's because of Jalen. I, I, I look at the Cowboys offense I just really don't think they're going to be able to get into the high 20s. I think the best case scenario for Dallas's offense is that, you know, low low 20s if they really play well. But realistically, you're probably talking about the high teens. So, you know, maybe the defense gets ripped a little for missed tackles. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard could cause some problems for the Eagles. But ultimately, if they lose this game, I think it's going to be low scoring. And I think it's going to be because of Jalen. Jalen has not played well against the Cowboys. The Cowboys defense is good ultimately i think the offensive line will protect jalen but the the cowboys defense is the best part of that team clearly right now so if jalen comes out sunday night doesn't play well i mean he hasn't thrown a touchdown for 10 quarters like and and now running touchdowns certainly count and he's been a dynamic player but you're talking about a player that is you know slightly regressing the past two weeks he's he's thrown more turnover worthy passes his accuracy has come down a little bit and on prime time he loses to the cowboys i think the discussion for two weeks will be Okay, maybe Jalen like he's improved, but maybe we should slow down a little. Has how has the Jason Peters comments played there in Philadelphia? Because I, I honestly think they they've probably without knowing, I think they've probably been taken a little out of context because he was he, mm-hmm. he it was about the eighth question in a row he got about the Philly fans. And I think he yeah. just was ready to boil it down. And he said it, honestly, it sounded more like a term of endearment. Like he's like, he, <laughs> more like they're just nuts, dude. Like, like kind of like that, but said it with yeah. like, man, they're great. He, in fact, he joked, he said, uh, he's like, they said, how do you feel about going back into that, that stadium? And he's like, I'm not expecting anything worse than some stuff to be thrown at me, you know, so I, I can handle that. And so uh, Jason, Jason <laughs> seems ready to go, but, but ultimately I think he was just, it was more a term of endearment, but how, how has that been received in Philadelphia? Yeah. I mean, I will say the use of the word idiots, like I get what he's doing, but probably not the best no. term, you know, <laughs> now, but to your point, I've been in these press conferences. I know what it's like when you're getting peppered and you know, one word comes out wrong. That's not always what you mean. But ultimately, Jason Peters is going to be remembered fondly here. I think that on Sunday night, if they show him on the Jumbotron, he'll get a loud uh, round of applause. He'll get a standing ovation. People still like him. I mean, his time here didn't end great, to be honest, like with the injuries and the refusal to move to tackle at first before doing it once he got a raise. Like there were certainly people that don't remember the end of Jason Peters fondly. But I think he'll uh, he'll be remembered well. The Demarcus Lawrence quotes are maybe, you know, a little more of the bulletin board material. Uh, for this Eagles team. But I think the Peters things, people know how he feels about the city. You know, Elliot, I totally agree with your assessment about the Cowboys and the situation defensively. I agree with you about how there's going to be a problem for them having to score points, and especially against this Eagles defense. I I think that I know the numbers and stuff say on third down, there have been some issues and stuff like that. But but overall, though, the one thing that we kind of see is that you know, with Cooper Rush, when he gets pressured in the pocket, you get near him, he tends to have problems. And I will focus on your front seven there in Philadelphia. I think they mm-hmm. do a heck of a job of, you know, not only, you know, getting after you in the past, but playing the run. Strength of the defense, the front seven, or do you think more on the back end of what the Eagles have uh, going into this game? You know, it, it, it's tough because you look at that front seven and they've played really well. The linebacker been a lot better this year Hassan Reddick after a first you know shaky game and a half or whatever he's been one of the best edge rushers in the NFL when you take into account force fumbles and sacks he gets to the quarterback and when he gets there he makes a play on the ball it's impressive you can really tell 
it's it's a mental like coached into him thing. When he gets there, he puts his arm out. He's constantly swatting for it, and the results have been good. Fletcher Cox is playing better. Josh Sweat, very solid player. So they have a lot of talent in that front seven for sure. But man, the back four like Darius Slade, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox, if he plays, which I don't think he will, but if he does, they have arguably the best trio of cornerbacks in the NFL. So the, the talent on the defense is is really really good. But I think the problem it could specifically cause for the Cowboys is the way they've been winning. And, you know, you guys can probably speak to this better. But from the outside looking in, they win with defense. They don't turn the ball over. Right. So they're not giving the offense extra opportunities. The Eagles are the best in the NFL creating turnovers like they and, you know, turnovers can be a bit hit or miss. It's not always a great indication of how you're playing. But through the first five games, they're number one in the NFL with 11. So, you know, if the Eagles can just force one turnover from the Cowboys, let alone two, like then I think things could really get out of control because this Cowboys team just isn't built to score with the Eagles and with the talent, the way they're playing in the front seven and then the back four as well. Like there's just really not a weakness unless they, unless they miss tackles. That's it. Like the, the weakness is missed tackles. So that that's what the Cowboys have to hope for. Man, I think watching the film of Philly this week, I, I was hoping to see some smoke and mirrors. Honestly, I didn't like, I, I, I mean, I think that they're, they're a really good football team on both sides of the ball. Um, and, and I think they're incredibly efficient the way they pass the ball. They, I think they've hacked the code on offense. I think that's all great. As I looked for areas of weakness, first off, I think it's big. You talk about Avante Maddox, not likely to play. That's a big boost. I think to Dallas. Cause I, I just, I'm, I'm guessing Josiah Scott would step in and play at corner. I yeah. obviously I don't think he plays up to the level of Avante Maddox. Um, but then the other area where I've seen some struggles, how has Chauncey Gardner Johnson been received? Cause it looks like he's struggled at times with tackling. It looks like he's had an occasional bad moment in coverage. That's an area where I think if the Cowboys can get him, if he gets in the slot on somebody happens to line up in there, I think the Cowboys need to have checks built in for like, Hey, let's try to take advantage of this. Yeah. So I, I agree with that assessment. Um, what's interesting is when you look at the Eagles defense, they have a lot of upcoming free agents, Bradbury, Kaiser White, TJ Edwards, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. And I think because of Chauncey Gardner Johnson's name, when they acquired him, it was okay. You got to resign him. You got to resign him. But right now I would prioritize other players over him. Um, one thing I thought of the trade when they did it was yes, he's a great slot. He's a great nickel corner. He's not playing nickel here. Like he's playing safety. So I, I get that he has good instincts and he's a great athlete and, and all those things and what he brings to the locker room. But you're right. Like he's bit on stuff. They've been lucky against the Vikings. He bit really hard on something and the pass was dropped. It happens. I don't want to say frequently, but like ultimately I think he's been the weakness in coverage. I think Marcus Epps has been the better safety through, uh, through five games. Gardner Johnson doesn't tackle well. So yeah, I, I think if you're going to attack one area, it's probably him. But but ultimately, you know, the defense just doesn't give up a lot of points. So Chauncey also deserves credit for being part of a unit that has been the reason, I believe, if you had to pick offense or defense, I think the defense is why they're undefeated. Just as we uh, get wrapped up here, uh, we'll go around the room real quick. Brian uh, Elliott uh, picks for the game. Brian? Yeah, I think that Elliott's on to something. You know, I know this is a Cowboy podcast. I think the Cowboys are going to struggle to score in this game. I I think defensively, you know, it's it's tough. They're going to have to have some things happen the right way. I would say the Eagles are probably going to win this one, probably 23 to 13. All right, Elliott. Yeah, so look, until the Eagles beat the Cowboys, I think it's fair to be very, like, not super confident about this game. They have the Eagles number. Jalen especially has played poorly against them. So I do think, like, there is a chance the Cowboys win this game. But 
I also think the Eagles are kind of perfectly set up to beat the the uh, Cowboys because I do trust the offensive line to neutralize the Cowboys pass rush. They have so much talent at receiver and Jalen is playing better, but also like they don't, the Eagles don't lose to backup quarterbacks. And I know Cooper rush might be the new franchise guy there or whatever, but ultimately he is the backup and they have shown that they, when they play backups, they win. They dominated them last year. It's been a thing in Philly for a while. They just don't lose to backups. Cooper Rush, nice player, but I ultimately really don't think he's that good overall. And you're going to have to outscore this this Eagles team. The Eagles are going to get in the high 20s, in my opinion. So I'll go 27 to 17, and I actually think this could be like a statement-type win for the Eagles. I, I've been uh, saying this week, I think first one to 17 wins the football game, to be honest, because I as good as Philadelphia's offense has been, I do think Dallas matches up fairly well just personnel-wise. And they've talked all this week. Their whole thought process is they want to keep Jalen in the pocket. If they can keep Jalen in the pocket and force them to throw from there. They think they've got a better opportunity. Um, if Dallas can score a touchdown on defense, I think that's probably their best way to, to get points on the board and flip this game because I, yeah. I think they're going to struggle on offense. So ultimately, it's a clean sweep. I'm sorry, Cowboys fans. Uh, I've got the Eagles 17 to 13. But if they're able to get something on special teams, if they're able to get something on defense, I think that's the Dallas's best opportunity to win this game. Uh, Elliot Shore Parks, again, he is the Eagles reporter for WIP, and uh, he is the host of the current number one pod on the Odyssey Sports Network. Yeah. Go, Bird. If we, if we keep picking the Cowboys to lose, they're going to stay way ahead of us. We're you trying, know. We're we're trying, we're trying I love to it. You guys, you guys are making my job easier, man. We're, look, we're, let me say let me say one thing though ready yeah you there you the cowboys are not really going to keep cooper rushing there over dak no, are they like no. even if they win on sunday they are no. not right there's no, no, no. way okay no. good i've been a part let me let me say this i've been a part of a lot of a quarterback controversy here with the eagles i saw nick Foles come in and basically end carson's time here i don't think that's going to happen with cooper rush but for eagles fans they should love what's happening because i do know that if somehow cooper wins and then dak comes in and doesn't win Man, you guys can just chalk the season up because the, the quarterback thing is just it, it infiltrates the locker room. It makes it harder on Dak. Players start to turn a little bit. Now, the good news is Cooper is not that good and he's not playing well. So, Nick, all right, Elliot, you can go well. away now. You can go away with all those. We're <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> trying to stir up dissension here. All right, well, I, look forward, I look forward to it. <laughs> Elliot Shore Parks does a great job covering the Eagles. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Elliot Shore Parks. Thanks, Elliot. Yep, talk to you guys soon. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Thank you so much again to uh, Elliot Shore Parks. Uh, look, I hope if anything, guys, this this w- interview was a motivation. You, do you do you want that energy to be the number one podcast on the Odyssey platform? I don't think so. I, I think you clearly want us to to be number one. Um, and, and and look, we're just trying to motivate you by all picking the Eagles. That's what we're doing. We're trying to motivate you guys to make this podcast number one. Uh, right now, though. Uh, one of the people we're really thankful for, other than just our dear listeners, is we're thankful to our sponsors at Boomer Jacks. They have been such a great partner for us to team up with. I was so excited when we were told by the uh, the staff here at Odyssey that we we're going to be linking up with Boomer Jacks because I was like, 
That's perfect. I already go to Boomer Jacks. I'm already a Boomer Jacks stan. I'm already a Boomer Jacks spokesman, whether or not they're they're sponsoring our podcast. So the fact that they sponsor it, it's just, you know, hand meat glove. And the thing I love about Boomer Jacks right now, it's the wing deals. On Tuesday, it's half price traditional wings. Wednesday, it's half price boneless wings. So whatever your fancy is there, they've got you covered. It's wings. Regardless, wings are great. Who doesn't like wings? And on Tuesday or Wednesday, they've got half price deals for you, depending on what type of wings you like. It is also a great atmosphere if you're going to watch the game, if you're looking for somewhere to have drinks with friends, if you're looking for dinner with the family, Boomer Jacks is the perfect spot. They have wall-to-wall TVs. They have ice-cold beer. They've got live music. Everything you're looking for in an outing, in in a great atmosphere, it's there at Boomer Jacks. 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by heading over to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. Brian brought us, uh... We got some interesting locker room audio that I want to kick off with here. It's a longer cut, but I think it's important to play it because, you know, Elliot just kind of referenced it there that more than the, you know, Jason Peters referring to Eagles fans as effing idiots, uh, they're more interested in what DeMarcus Lawrence had to say yesterday and some of the shots he was taking. We're not shots. I think just the the very direct way that DeMarcus tends to talk about about opponents and, and how he feels about them. And so we're going to play this and react a little bit to what DeMarcus had to say. But this is DeMarcus Lawrence yesterday. It's going to begin with him talking about when you hear him talking right out of the gate, he's talking about Jalen Hurts. So keep that in mind. But this is DeMarcus Lawrence yesterday talking about the Eagles. You know, I think it's still areas that he struggles in, so, you know, just attack the areas. Would you say it's not as hard or it's going to be harder to bring him down when he's moving around the pocket or because you got, you know, do you think you have- All honesty, I really don't think about things like that. Um, you know, it's just trying to put as much pressure on the quarterback, making him uncomfortable, you know, as much as possible. Um, it really ain't no science to this, you know what I'm saying? Football is, is played at a high speed, and, you know, um, being able to attack and be relentless, you know, all four quarters, that's what the game is all about. So, you know, we just play our style. Is the biggest challenge the defense face to see from offensive standpoint? <laughs> yes, it, it will be a good test for us. Um, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like, you know, they do have a pretty good offense. Um, you know, they got a, got a good receiver core, um, good quarterback, you know, good offensive line. So, you know, they, they well-rounded. But also, we don't boys. Remember that. Don't worry about it. Y'all will see it on Sunday. So, that's all to it. You know what they can do running the football, fourth in the fourth in the league right now. You guys had a really good week last week stopping the run, but there's been moments this season. What, what's the key to being more consistent? Yeah, man. Um, I say more more technique, uh, technique sound. Uh, you know, not, not trying to – I feel like, you know, there's so many plays out there to be made. Uh, everybody is going for them on our defense. So, you know, just being more technique sound, uh, staying in our gaps, making sure we're not trying to, you know, do our brother's job and just do our job. What have you seen differently from Hurts, how he's grown? I know you guys have faced him twice as a starter, but he's taking a real step. This hey, how about this? That's the last question I'm hearing about Hurts. For real, though. Because I really don't care. Woo. He's he's feeling it. There were there. I mean, there were a couple of other. He said there's still areas he struggles in, obviously. Uh, yeah. My favorite quote, uh, that, and it's not included there, but my favorite quote he had yesterday was, all y'all need to write is he hasn't played the Cowboys yet, so we don't know how good he is. And I like that swagger. I like that confidence. I like that approach. And look, to be fair, if you look at the two games Jalen Hurts has started against the Cowboys, he's lost by 20. So, I, I, I mean, each time. And so I think there is a little bit of a 
it's a fair standard to say this is a guy who has not played well against the Cowboys in his career, and this is a Cowboys defense that is playing at a really high level right now. And as Elliot talked about last segment, it's an offense that's starting to struggle a little bit the last couple weeks, isn't nearly as sharp as they were early on. Uh, But Brian, do you have any issues with what Demarcus Lawrence had to say yesterday? No, not at all. And to be honest with you here, uh, as we roll through this podcast, I would have picked the Cowboys if Dak Prescott was playing quarterback. I just, I just feel like that it's going to be a problem, you know, without him in the lineup because I, you know, Dak owns these guys the way he plays. Now, Demarcus, I, I have absolutely no problem with what he's saying, you know, and he's absolutely right. You know, there's times you make Jalen Hurts play backwards, and I mean not attack the line, not get clean reads not get clean ball handling stuff, affect the way that, you know, take advantage of maybe uh, a banged up offensive line, if that's the case. And the Cowboys have done a great job of that. The Cowboys defense could shut the Eagles down here. And it could be one of these games like we saw on Thursday night football, where it's 12 to seven or some, some silly thing like that, you know, but you find they're finding ways to win. And a lot of it has to do with the defense. And I appreciate the confidence he has in, in what they had, because it's not false, uh, bravado, as they say, it, it, it's you know it's actual fact that they're playing very very well on defense, and you know and, and Jalen Hurts is uh, about to see that firsthand. Do you find that that is, like is Demarcus unique in that, or or do you find that just being around guys like it's natural for a player to get if you get six seven questions in a row about how good their opponent is, you get guys yeah. who just go stop talking about it. I'm I'm done talking about it. Yeah, it's the same thing that, you know, it happened with Jason Peters when we were talking about mm-hmm. the Philly crowd. And, you know, uh, when you when you open, you know, the press conference up, you answer a question, then your comment journey leads to another question and then another question and then another question. Never could. He couldn't change the subject. He was trying. You know, he says, hey, they've got this. They got that. Great. But then the reporters are like, wait a minute. He just said something that triggered me. And you know how it is. Bobby standing in the locker room. Sometimes you don't even have a question as a reporter and they, and then the player says something, the coach says something and it triggers you for yeah. a question. And it takes it in a whole nother direction. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't blame him. Uh, the thing about it is I know this for a fact. Tank Lawrence has had uh, DeMarcus Lawrence has had really good games against Lane Johnson. You know, he's, he's played Lane Johnson, the right tackle for the Eagle Eagles very well. So I, I, I expect him to go out there and play well again. It's just a matter of his other teammates can play well enough too. And, you know, for the last, you know, four or five weeks, they've been able to do that. You know, one of the discussion points we've heard a lot recently has been about Dallas and how much Dan Quinn has decided to start using stunts and twists and games up front. Uh, I believe they use the, the analytics say that they use them more than anybody else in the NFL right now. Um, Jason Kelsey talked yesterday uh, about the fact that when you're doing those things, when you're running those games, that's typically, you know, on snaps where you're going to be expecting a pass. Because if you do those things in the run game, you often you get gashed yeah. because you, you create vulnerabilities that they can take yeah. advantage of. Is it going to be harder? Like, like would you be surprised if this is the game where we see them doing that the least, because is it harder yeah. if Jalen Hurts is able to run RPOs and go, oh, here comes a twist. All right, we're going to run the ball then. Does, does that limit Dallas's ability to you know play those games up front? Yeah, I think it does, because what happens is when you play a team with RPOs, and it, this is a, one of those rare teams that does it 
better than anybody in the National Football League. So, and because you got a quarterback that's very capable of doing it, he's very comfortable doing that. They have the offensive line, they have the the backs, they have that capability of playing this way. And as we talked to Elliot, that they made a commitment early last year. They were trying to throw the ball; it didn't work. They started running the ball. They became a playoff team from that. So, when you play a team that's RPO based, then all of a sudden it becomes discipline. Can you stay in your lanes? Can you take your guy? Can you collapse the quarterback? Can you get the pitch guy? You know, all those things, you know, that you're t- – or, t- or can you take the guy at the mesh point? You know, all those things you you have to deal with with these RPOs is all about discipline. It's all about staying in your space. And so it, this is going to test the Cowboys because they're an up-the-field attack, twist, stunt, blitz. You know, that th- the one thing you know is if you can choke this run from the Eagles – Make this guy pass because what happens when he faces pressure, he's a 41% passer. That, that's a fact. And so, you know, but the, the, the thing that worries me is the balance. And if you get into a situation where all of a sudden you're not playing with discipline, you're not playing with your eyes, you're, you're, you're getting knocked out of gaps, you know, then there's a problem. And that plays right into the Eagles' hands because they'll keep running plays until you stop them. And once you stop them, then they'll go some another direction. But far less twists, maybe, you know, even even twisting on third down when you're blitzing and rushing stuff like that might not be the best thing. I think you have to blitz this guy. I think you have to muddle rush. And when I mean muddle rush, I think you have to just try and keep him in the pocket. Don't worry about going too far up the field. Kind of keep him there, keep him there, and then collapse on it right there. But you got to also finish when you get – I'm talking Armstrong, Tank, anybody, Fowler, anybody that gets a shot at this quarterback and you get him in the pocket, don't miss that tackle in the pocket because that's the thing that turns into a 25-yard run when they miss those tackles. One of the things I noticed looking at uh, Jalen Hurts' splits is that when they are uh, tied or trailing and there's some pressure on Jalen Hurts to make plays with his arm, this season, he's not been great. His passer no. ratings under 80 in, in snaps where they're tied or trailing. Um, you know, when they're running the non RPOs, the RPO versus the non RPO, his pass rating is about 20 points better when he's running RPOs and, and throwing out of that. Um, and so a lot of what they've talked about this week, I know you've talked about driving him back. Yes. Let's say even if you're not able to drive him back, is there just an advantage in keeping him in the pocket? Even if you're not necessarily pressuring him, just not letting him break contain. Yeah, that's, I mean, the thing, Jalen Hurts has become better throwing the ball. There's no question about that. But there's also that factor where, and I mentioned, like you said, I appreciate you bringing it up, make it play backwards. Make it play backwards because his mechanics get worse when he's under pressure. And that's the thing. He's never been a great mechanics guy. When he can set his feet and throw, he's, he's okay. But when you make him play backwards or off a little bit, he tends to struggle that way. Throwing the ball, the accuracy's not there. You know, he doesn't want to take a sack. He'll throw the ball away before he takes a sack. So, yeah, it, it, it's it, it, pressure affects his mechanics. Make him go backwards. Make him have to not set his feet. And then you got a really good chance of him throwing a bad ball to uh, maybe a ball that you can catch. I know you've talked about this on uh, G Bag Nation this week a little bit uh, that you guys have brought up. Like they are such a dominant team in the second quarter, 
And and that applies to Jalen Hurts specifically. Like Jalen Hurts has uh four all of his passing touchdowns have come in the second quarter this year. Uh all but I think two of his rushing touchdowns have come in, in the in the second quarter. And then when you get outside of that, that's all of his interceptions. He his passer rating is terrible in the first, third, and fourth quarter. Is there anything is that fluky or or is there something about the way the Eagles call this game, is there something about their scripted plays? Is there is there something to some aspect that you think explains away why they're good in the second quarter? And if there is an aspect of that, what do the Cowboys do to combat that? Yeah, I think teams start to kind of figure out the flow of the game a little bit. I, I don't know if the Eagles are a script team or not, but I think the teams kind of get a little bit better idea of like, Okay, this is how they're going to play today. They're going to they're going to try and run the ball on us this way, or you know they've got runs that they hang their hats on. Yeah, you know the RPO stuff that they do. They're, they're kind of a power running game too when they get on the edge or the perimeter with you know when they pull uh, they pull Jason Kelsey on the plays the outside. You know that's a big part of their offense. I think teams kind of figure out how to play them and do a little bit better job now. Their, their offensive line has been compromised a little bit in some of these games, too. You know, uh, Elliot was talking about that, you know, that they that they like to rotate guys. It, it shouldn't affect their game plan. But this is a different team you're playing against with the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys have done a really nice job when offensive lines have not been very good. Yes. Where they struggle in pass protection. So, for the Eagles, if it's a situation where all of a sudden – you know, Dan Quinn gets a good uh, good uh, vibe on what's going on in the game. He gets a couple of early stops. Eagles have to adjust. You choke their run game and make him have to throw the football. Now it's about sicking that rush on Jalen Hurts, and that's what will really affect him. You let him run the ball. You let him be comfortable. Then you're going to have you're going to have problems in the first, third, and fourth uh, fourth uh, quarters. Uh, you know, if you if you don't do that. Last thing here before we uh, go over to the mailbag. Uh, one of the things that I think is is really encouraging for the Cowboys that Elliot mentioned there, uh, Avante Maddox not expected to play, uh, which would be huge for them. I think that Josiah Scott is definitely somebody you'd rather go up against. And even though he mentioned they've been playing uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as a more traditional safety, he has taken a few snaps in the slot. He played, he a, lot. He, he played, yeah. he played a lot more in the slot last week than he has other games. Um, and so... Is that the area? Is it Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? Is it Josiah Scott? Is it let's work these guys? Let's find these guys. Yeah, I think you're on to something. And, and you know, and Elliot mentioned that as well. You know, the, the, the tackling problem that they've had at times. And when this team plays zone coverage, I think they give up a lot of plays. And they also, on third down, they haven't been great. You know, they really haven't. And, you know, their offense has been fine. Their defense hasn't. This game could very well come down to two things for me, Bobby. Can the Cowboys score enough points? That's number one. But how are these officials going to call this football game? Because you got a secondary when they play man coverage that loves to hold. They love to grab. They love to like they love the hand fight. They love all that stuff. Bradbury, you know, Slay. They like to, I mean, you can watch Arizona tape and you can see them just grabbing guys, coming across, grabbing, grabbing, grabbing. John Hussey's crew, who's got this game this week, calls the second most PIs in the league. You know, that, that, you know we'll see. We'll see how tight Hussey's crew calls this game because this could affect him. If all of a sudden, you know, you're throwing the ball and there's a lot of these legal contacts, defensive holding, pass interference, 
that affects the way the games play. If the Cowboys could get two, three, you know, cheap penalties because of holding uh, or pass interference, those are those hidden yards. You know, we we talked about the other day in the when they played the Commanders. Commanders had 130 yards in penalties. Cowboys didn't run the ball worth a damn in that game. What was the difference? The penalties were the difference in that football game. So this, you know, if the officials call this one a lot tighter, and the history has shown that this John Hussey's crew will do that, well, then you know, then now we might not see the coverage and all those things that that Elliot was talking about. How good the secondary is because they look very grabby and very handsy to me. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Stars an Odyssey podcast, and you can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is that time once again for our favorite part of the show where we turn the show over to our listeners for the listener mailbag. Again, you guys can uh, drop me an email, bobby.belt at odyssey.com, or, or you can tweet at uh, Brian or I, either one, uh, and we'll try to work in your question. Before we get to those questions, uh, we need to say thank you once again to our sponsor, Boomer Jacks. Boomer Jack's all about ice cold beer, wall-to-wall TVs, and wing specials. That's what Boomer Jack's does great. You know, we, we sit here and, and talk about, you know, where, where these teams are, are going to be good and where, where they struggle. Uh, Boomer Jack's plays well in all three phases. Uh, whether it comes to entertainment, atmosphere, and food, it's all there for Boomer Jack's. And their wing specials are what I'm really excited about right now. On Tuesday, you can get bone-in wings for 50% off. And on Wednesday, for the boneless wings crowd, they've got you hooked up, too, with a deal. 50% off wings on Wednesday night too. So whatever type of wings you prefer, Boomer Jacks has a set. So head over to boomerjacks.com. There's 17 DFW locations and you can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. Brian, uh, first question here from uh, one of our loyal listeners, uh, Dean Julia, asking, why do the Cowboys struggle so much in the screen game offensively? I thought it was interesting Last week, they obviously few very they threw very few passes. I'd love to know when the last time they went through an entire game without throwing a pass to a back, and they, they went the whole game without it last week. That's crazy. Their offensive line just has not done a very good job. It's about coordination. It's about timing. It's about getting guys in spots. You're about to play a team in Philadelphia that will run a clinic on how to run the screen game, whether it's tight end screens, wide receiver screens, running back screens. It's always been a staple of the Philadelphia Eagles ever since Andy Reid was there. You know, he brought that screen package from Green Bay. There's things that they've done along the way. But, man, what a great screen team this is. But the Cowboys have been god-awful at it. They don't have the coordination with the backs and the line. It's been They've tried to run tight end delay screens. Everybody in the league runs those things and have great success. Again, the Eagles will run this tight end screen. Uh, usually when they – you know, it's a second and ten – it's a simple pass for them, but the Cowboys have struggled with this. They just don't have the coordination. The offensive linemen haven't done a very good job of getting outside. And you would figure with, you know, with the Oddish, you know, they could get a center out. You know, they could get Smith out. They could get a tackle out. They just haven't done it. And it's, it's, it's painful to watch when they even try. It's almost like they call the screen at the absolute worst time to call a screen when it's man coverage. They don't get an initial block at the point of attack, and then the ball gets thrown into the ground. That's I, that, that's it's 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 painful. That's the only words I could say to about because the screenplay is a beautiful play in football. And it's a devastating play to run, and if you're good at it, and the, like I say, the Eagles back in the day, you know, with Bryant Westbrook and those guys like that, 
You know, they used to, Brian Westbrook, they used to be able to run that thing in the red zone and score touchdowns off it. So if you can screen, you could be have a really good offensive attack. The Cowboys just don't do it because of coordination, lack of mobility, and then timing of the of the call. Is that something that the offense, not just the screen game itself, but just in general getting Tony Pollard the ball as a receiver, is that something that they're really lacking right now, you think? I, I think that the, the thing with Pollard, I'm really happy that he's running the ball. I'll trade the running game for screens and stuff like but, that. But if you but, can get an extra couple touches of him in space. I, hell yes, but they, you know, it's it's so hard. They call it, and it's just like, it's it's like, it's like watching little kid soccer. You know when little kids play soccer, they just the ball's in the middle of a, a mass moving along. It's unless, just, unless, it's, you know, unless it's Gavin Dawson's soccer team. There you champions. go. Gavin's team has got free flow. And, yeah, they they're good. They understand the game. But, yeah. but, but little kid soccer, they just muddle the ball around and stuff. That's how the Cowboys run screens. They just muddle around, and there's no separation, coordination, development of the play. And, yeah, it, it would be a great way to get the ball to Pollard in space. Absolutely. I'd like to see Pollard run some some wheel routes and stuff like that. Some you know, double slant wheel behind, run some picks and try and get up at the sidelines. I take that right now, getting into football. Uh, next question here from Jeff Paddock. He emailed us and uh, he says a few sh- shows ago, uh, you asked if Mike McCarthy had done enough to begin securing his job for next year. Wow. I need to know from you guys, there's no way Jerry and Steven let Dan Quinn leave the building, right? Surely the head coach deserves some credit. But as you mentioned, Quinn may be a Shanahan McVay archetype on the defensive side. I have to believe one way or the other, he will be running at least the D next year, but likely the whole team. Um, I, I don't know. I really don't. I, I mean, he's there. There's going to be a lot of teams that are coming after him. It's going to be hard to to say no again. I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and look, I mean, goodness, if things keep going odd with Nathaniel Hackett, if he happens to be a one and done, who's to say they the messed Broncos? that up? And they messed that up. Who's, who's to say they, the Broncos? They had him. Who's to say they the had Dan Quinn? Yeah, they had him. Who's to say the Broncos yeah. don't come right back though and say, hey, uh, let's actually revisit this now a year later? So, uh, man, I. I, I feel like Dan Quinn will be a head coach next year. I don't know where it'll be. Maybe it's here. I, I kind of doubt it right now, just with the way Mike McCarthy's coaching. Um, but if you're looking for a little glimmer of optimism, I will say he loves being here and he loves this defense and he loves coaching these guys. And I know there is a little bit of, there, there tends to be, You'll hear head coaches say sometimes, uh, I know Philip Tanner, our old friend, who's uh, now coaching high school football, he said, uh, boy, if you want to stop coaching, become a head coach. Uh, yeah. And he kind of jokes about it because it's it's so much more minutia and everything else and, and less about actually coaching the game. So uh, I, I think that Dan Quinn has enjoyed the the opportunity to really coach and teach and be you know, hands-on with a specific unit rather than having to play CEO. So that may be your best bet to hope that he he hangs around is just he really enjoys that type of job right now. But, man, I think it's going to be tough. Mike McCarthy has my coach of the year vote right Ooh. now as we sit through going into week six of the NFL season. He's did a tremendous job. And, you know, you tell me another organization that finds a way to win games with a backup quarterback. You know, I mean, he, he went into Kellen Moore and told him, hey, this is how we're going to play. I'm glad Mike went in there and did what he did. That's what coaches do. That's what really good coaches do. So I think it's really hard as week six. I don't think you can replace him. I think you're absolutely right about Dan Quinn. He's probably do another NFL coaching job. I talked to Tom Dimitrov, the general manager of the former general manager with the Falcons, one of my great friends. 
Tommy told me all about this guy. He says, you're going to love this guy as a coach. You're going to love this guy, what he brings to the table. He's going to always interview very, very well. You know, you're going to see that about him. He's going to be prepared. He's going to be ready. You know, there's going to be some teams that are going to move on from their coaches. I would not be surprised one bit. Dan Quinn right now is paid like an NFL head coach. He is getting compensated that way. Jerry Jones did open the checkbook and is compensating Dan Quinn. But there's only 32 of these in the there's only 32 of these jobs in the world, you know, to be a part of one of them. Now, Dan Quinn might be able to say, this is the one I want. This is the one I'd like to have. I think I think he really wanted the Denver Broncos shop. Yeah, I think that's the one job that he really, really wanted and he didn't get. And I think he but, thought, I think he believed he had it. Yeah, I, I know he had it. I know he had it. Just if they don't sell the team or have to make the transition with Joe Ellis and John Elway changing the path that they were going on. Well, then he's probably going to get that job. But I, I, I will say this, though. Will McClay and Dan Quinn have grown very, very, very close. Yeah. And if it might be a situation where the only way they could keep Dan is to keep him here as the head coach, I don't know how you go to Mike McCarthy and say, hey, we're moving on. Sorry about that. But, you know, if they if they say they don't win the division, they are in the playoffs, that they don't have success. Maybe that's the the path that that gets taken here to maybe make that coaching change. But right now, you cannot make that head coaching change. The guy's done a really good job. Question here from Tony. A lot of things come out about defense versus offense in this game, but do you think that this game relies heavily on our special teams versus theirs? I said it in the in the beginning of the show. If the Cowboys can manufacture a touchdown on defense, if they can get a return game touchdown, I think their their chances of winning this game shoot up tremendously um so yeah i think the the special teams you're gonna have to be on top of things because if you're settling for field goals you need to make those um you know if you're if you're able to get a return touchdown or get yourself some good field position that would be a big boost to this team so yeah i think special teams is going to be a huge part of if dallas wins this game on sunday yeah we saw a short field drive last week only ended up in three points if you somehow some way get a big return or you get some so uh you know block punt again block field goal in my book, a block field goal is just like a turnover because you get the ball right there on the spot. So, yeah, you know, they've, they've proven that they're, they blocked an f- extra point, I believe, against the Giants this year. They blocked a punt already. Special teams coaches live for the nationally televised game. I would not be surprised if we see a, a Bones Fossil, some type of fake, something that, you know, that this, this series has a little bit of a history of, Fakes. You remember a game at, at AT&T Stadium, uh, the Rich Bisacci with a fake, yeah. uh, you know, with uh, Jones uh, running the, you know, running the ball, a fake punt after a, a Philadelphia stop, you know, in the game, you know. So this, you know, Des Bryant throwing a pass to Jason Witten. There, there's there's trick plays that have been a little bit of the history of this series. So yeah, I, I could see Bones Fossil trying to steal. A, a extra possession and maybe uh, you know get points out of it. Last question here from John Henry: uh, Can Dak learn from this Cooper Rush style offense and play under control like he did his first few years? Can they game plan and call plays that allow him to do this? Brady is a master of this, cutting loose when needed. I yeah. I think that there are things you can learn about it, but I do think that if you've got Dak Prescott out there instead of Cooper Rush, this offense needs to be more aggressive than it is right now. You're, it's it's as conservative as a, conservative as it is right now because of the personnel as soon as the quarterback gets back out there if you want to change some things up learn from it great but they need to start taking some more shots i think yeah you're absolutely right about that it, it, it if again if dak played this game i was going to pick i'd pick the cowboys 
because I think the Eagles, you're going to have to convert third downs. And I don't know. Now, okay, it's not all a Cooper rush because there were three third down conversions last week that should have been made. C.D. Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup, and then the third one where they got the holding call on Hendershot. Sure. You know, you're going to have to convert some third downs in this football game. And I think that's where uh, I think that's where Dak Prescott can help you there. You know, with whether he can run the ball, throw the ball. You know, hell, I'm 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 okay with. I think that the thing with Dak coming back is how much check with me stuff is Dak really going to have the opportunity to do? Is Kellen Moore calling running plays? Has Kellen Moore always called conservative running game or conservative football game, and Dak turns it into, well, I've got to throw the ball here. You know. How much, how much is in his hands for that? You know, so I think he could definitely learn something, but it also, you're right. They're going to need to be more aggressive at taking some shots down the field. And, you know, if that means Max protect this thing for Dak and take a crack down the field, go for it. That does it for us. Uh, as we've predicted this game, we're, we're trying to motivate the Cowboys. Uh, we both picked the Eagles in this one. But I, again, it's similar to last week. I picked the Rams, but I also said I wouldn't I be did surprised too. if the yeah. Cowboys won. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys won. I do think they're going to have to manufacture some points on defense or special teams or something in order to make that happen because this is going to be a tough matchup. But regardless, uh, we will be back again with you guys early next week, hopefully discussing a uh, Dallas victory and hopefully discussing the impending return next week. Fingers crossed of Dak Prescott. We'll talk to you guys then.